0: Welcome to Real Talk, Real Women, Breaking the Silence Around Abuse. I am Gemma Serenity, your host, and if you are not subscribed to the podcast yet, go right here, right now to gemmasgem.substack.com forward slash podcast. Today, we are welcoming Tracy May. She is a toxic love recovery coach. Tracy May is a love and relationship coach who specializes in narcissistic abuse and trauma. A foremost expert in toxic love recovery, she overcame adversity in a childhood full of trauma and abuse at the hands of her alcoholic mother, abusive alcoholic stepfather, while her biological father abandoned her at three years of age. She has been in the trenches of three abusive relationships as an adult. During the last relationship that lasted over 20 years, she started her healing journey, then broke up and continued her healing journey to the point she is now. In addition to Tracy's life experiences, she uses her certifications as a certified inner bonding facilitator, a peace process coach and a core 100 coach to help women all over the world to finally have the relationship and life they dream of. She is a Success 125 Most Impactful Leader nominee in 2022, a number one international best-selling author and is an executive contributor to Brain's magazine. It's Brain with a Z, magazine, yes. She empowers women who feel broken, desperate, and hopeless in their toxic relationship to feel lovable, inspired, and confident, and to go from barely surviving to thriving, to designing the lives they dream of. She inspires women to rediscover their true worth and to break free from the chains of toxic love, to stop accepting breadcrumbs of love so they can feel free to be themselves, and have the relationships they have always craved. She helps women rise from the ashes of toxic love every day to have joyful relationships full of true love through one-on-one and group toxic love recovery coaching programs. Coaching changed her life forever, and she knows it can change yours too. And by the way, I know that too, so yes. When Tracy isn't coaching, you can find her soaking up the sun at home or on a beach gateway, horseback riding, golfing, and relishing time with her two children, five grandkids, and great granddaughter. Now I'm just telling you, you go on YouTube and you watch the recording, you will never give her (laughs) her 2 Tracy, Tracy fiercely, and fiercely is also the name of her company, fiercely believes in you. And her loving, warm, and compassionate nature shines through while she supports you in conquering the entanglement of abuse. Be sure to check out her website, join her Facebook group, and sign up for your complimentary Heal Your Heart Breakthrough session so you can uncover your next steps to come out of the fog and stop dancing with dysfunction. Tracy, you are such a blessing. Thank you for being here with us today.
1: Thank you, Gemma, for having me. I am so, so excited.
0: Amazing. So excited. Okay, Tracy, my first question. Let's try to go over the abuse you have overcome in your past so that our audience can relate to you and recognize their own journey in yours
1: yeah um as a child that's where you know the abuse first started you know I lived in a home as you said with alcoholics my father had left I didn't see him again until I was like 14 um so and and my mom would take us to the lake to hang out with my grandfather who was also an alcoholic so there was never an adult present to take care of me and my brothers and so i was always taking care of them and watching out for them so as a child of course i didn't know this but i was being neglected and abandoned emotionally and physically you know when everyone's dr- drunk in your household there's no one available to take care of you. And my mom was a functioning alcoholic. So she was really basically drunk 24 hours a day. And, you know, while we didn't have sexual abuse or physical abuse, um, my stepfather was very angry. So there was verbal abuse. He threatened to kill my brother in front of me. And, and then when I told my mother, he of course lied and said he didn't do it. So there was that whole part of learning not to trust myself because here's my mom telling me, oh, of course he didn't do that. He would never say something like that when in fact I heard it with my own eyes. And so living in a really dysfunctional environment like that, um, you really learn to second guess yourself and not trust yourself and feel like everything's your fault and Um, really needing that love from your parents that you never get. And so that kind of set me up and it sets up a lot of people, like when we have a dysfunctional family um, and we don't always associate neglect and abandonment as abuse. So I really think it's important for people that are listening, for women that are listening, that you may have experienced abuse in your childhood, but you may not recognize it because it wasn't physical. It wasn't Um, you know, the typical kinds of abuse that we relate in a childhood, right? Like, you know, things like that. So, yes. So then that kind of set me up of how to have relationships, right? Looking for people deep down that programming inside of me as a child, because we learn how to have relationships from one to six or from zero to six actually. And so Yeah. So that programming gets in us without us even knowing it. And then all of a sudden we go out in the world and try to have relationships as an adult. And while we know we want to be loved and, you know, cared for and cherished, we end up finding people who are almost exactly like our parents in some way. Like I wasn't, I was never with someone who drank because I didn't want that in my life. But my first husband was verbally abusive and I didn't really even know it at the time until after I divorced him years and years later. Um, and then I w- was engaged to someone who was physically abusive for about seven years and we lived together for four of those years or so. Um, and I always felt like it was my fault, right? And it didn't start out physical. It started out great. Like there were red flags I can look back on now, but you know, those weren't, I didn't see them then. I didn't know about them. But it started out with just like grabbing me, shoving me, things like that, but I didn't see that as meaning abuse. And so I stayed. And then of course it escalated to hitting and, you know, physical abuse. Um, and then when I left that relationship, I didn't have a relationship of where I lived with someone or anything for about six or seven years. And then I met my second husband Um, and thought I was healed because I'd been going to a therapist for 20 years and, you know, she'd been helping me, I thought was stuff, but really she was helping me just cope with the trauma. She wasn't really helping me heal my programming and understand my part in the cycle. Um, so I got into this relationship with my husband and I, he wasn't physically abusive with me, um, but he was angry all the time you know, started out really small, but then it would escalate it over all the years. But I always felt like it was my fault because here's this person yelling at me out of nowhere and I would never know why. Um, and so I just tried really, really hard to fix the relationship, walking on eggshells, um, trying to deal with all the circular conversations where he'd turn things around and blame me and yell at me and bring up old stuff and all of, all that kind of crazy, crazy making the gaslighting, all the narcissistic types of abuse that you um, incur when you're with someone that is, you know, narcissistic. Um, And so, yeah, so it was a really, and we had a business together. And so I had a lot at stake and didn't want to give up on the relationship, even though there was all this anger all the time. And, you know, but we had good times too. And that's the fallacy that I want to make sure everyone understands is, you're never abused 24 hours a day 7 days a week it's intermittent it's sporadic right they will do it they start small and then they escalate more and more as you tolerate more and more so um yeah so then you're in love with this person that's the good side of him you're trying to hold on to that part but you can't get back to that and so that's what i was experiencing um so in about 2015 i was like wow i've had all i can take like I've been with him for 17 years at that point. And I was like, I can't really do this anymore. And so I moved out thinking it would help with his anger, but we had a business together. So we still had to communicate and whatnot. And his anger escalated because I left. Yeah. So then I moved back. Um, But it was at that point where it was like, none of this stuff's working, right? My therapist isn't working. My relationship isn't working. This isn't how I want my life to be. And that is when I was kind of at that low point of I've got to do something I can't I can't do this anymore, and so I my um, therapist had kept telling me about this inner bonding therapy type stuff, um, and so I'm like I'm gonna go check this out, and so there just so happened to be a six day inner bonding intensive um, in April. I left in March, and then this this um, intensive was in April, and so I went to that. And that really opened up my eyes to my parts, my codependency, the parts of me that was trying to control him by getting him to be different instead of accepting that he's just abusive and this isn't good for me. Right. But we we want to fix and change people. So um, that's kind of what I did had been doing. But, um, and even when I, after I got back from that, I still, that I still had that habit, right? That behavior, that pattern of how to have a relationship. And so um, it took me until 2018, probably 19, somewhere in there. I stayed in the relationship that whole time. Um, I kept working on myself, working on my codependency. Um, I'd get triggered and fall right back into an old pattern. I'd come back you know, get stronger again, setting boundaries. He'd get more angry every time I set a boundary that his anger escalated because I was getting more healthy. Um, I was having him move out and then he'd move back in because he promised to stop doing it. And then he'd move out because I'd kick him out again. And So just through that, you know, there's just cycles and cycles where you're just keep trying and trying, trying to fix this relationship. Um, But finally I got to a place where it was like, yeah, he's not changing, but I am. And so I decided to divorce him at that point. We still have a business together to this day. Um, It goes pretty well most of the time because he doesn't have control of me anymore. Once I divorced him, he no longer had control of me. So So during my healing journey, that's when I was like, I really want to help other women. Like I want to help other women stop suffering because I suffered for so long and I can help them suffer less not as long. I can help them sooner in the process. And so that's kind of how I came to coaching. And I love coaching. I love helping women. Um, It is my passion and my calling. And um, I just, it's very fulfilling. And I never, you know, our other business that I have with my ex-husband isn't fulfilling for me. It's not my business. It's not my passion. It's something that he wanted to do. So yeah. So I'm now a toxic love recovery coach, I help women who have are either still in their relationship wanting to fix it, they're planning on leaving, or they've already left, or maybe they've repeated several toxic relationships like I did. (laughs) And they want to stop repeating those cycles. So that's who I help. And that's kind of my story. So I hope hope that helps you guys understand who I am. Hmm. Thank
0: you so much for sharing that. It is indeed a recognizable pattern because as you grew up with that kind of dysfunctional relationship with your parents and looking at everything that was around you, obviously you continued that until that day. My question to be very precise, you said about three years before the end of the 20 years you spent with your third uh, husband, our third relationship, You said, okay, and one day I just said, I cannot do that anymore. What happened that created that shift in your consciousness that it's the cup is over, it has to change. You cannot do that anymore. Was there an event? Was there a trigger? Was there just an
1: epiphany that just dawned on you? How was that? Well, there wasn't anything specific. Um I think it was like just all of a sudden I was like I've had all I can take. I cannot have another crazy conversation with him. I refuse to have him yell at me and bring up all this old shit that's not true or that's not even relevant and um it was just is like I just was at my limit, you know, like I'd hit a wall like that's all I can take. I've done everything I can do and I've got to stop doing this. Okay. So it is more
0: a shift of consciousness itself that created that hard stop for you. Yes. What happened during the last year before that shift? And when I'm asking, maybe I'm, I, I can be more precise because it can be very wide as a question. Uh, I'm going to be more precise. If I take my story, one year before I left, I started dreaming about true love. I started fantasizing. I started writing stories about true love, how it could feel like if I would be loved for real by someone so respectful, so loving, so caring. How would that feel like? And I started to dream that one year before that allowed me to grow into believing something better is available for me. Did you have something similar in your experience the year before the shift?
1: Yes, I think I started to realize that, A, I deserved to be treated better. I think I started to realize that this, living like this is hard. Like, I don't have to live, like, life doesn't have to actually be like this anymore. Um, and I started to feel more confident and strong with myself because I was building these boundaries of if he yelled at me, I walked away where before I'd be petrified to walk away because I was afraid he'd get more angry or he'd follow me, which of course he did all of those things when I started doing that. But yes, I started, I started feeling stronger about me and I started loving myself more and I started um, spending less time with him, started thinking about my, yes, thinking about my future of what life could be like without being abused every day. Cause it would gotten to the point where it was every day, several times a day, he'd rage for two hours at a time, it's crazy things, right? Um, and so, yeah, it kind of was like a shift in thinking of, like, I can have something better, like it is possible. So I think it was falling into the possibility of how my life could, could be. Now, I can't say that I was dreaming about it, but I think I was subconsciously maybe fantasizing about it or just really feeling like this, I want this. I want to stop all of this. And I want to be in a relationship where I'm loved and cherished and um, and I feel good about me. And I can talk to someone about a problem without getting screamed at, right? <laughs> So, yeah. So, I mean, I didn't quite do it the way that you did it, but, um, all that stuff was going definitely going on subconsciously for me. Cause I've always wanted that, right? Like from my childhood, I wanted a loving, caring relationship and, and where I felt safe because I, my childhood was nothing close to safe. And, um, so, yeah, so I feel like, yeah, I was, I was considering like life could be better, you know? Because I don't think you can make the shift, maybe without believing in the hope of you actually can be somewhere different. You can be with someone who loves you, and that is exactly
0: the mission of this show: giving hope for a better future, yeah, beyond abuse to our audience, yeah. All right, today the big topic are. Four fundamental qualities to survive through toxic love. What do you have for us, Tracy?
1: (laughs) Well, the first quality that you need is commitment. And that's commitment to yourself. So, and what I mean by that is be committed to your healing process more or as much as you were committed to your ex-partner and fixing your relationship, relationship. So being that committed to yourself and your healing, that's where we start. A commitment to not go back, no matter how much you really want to go back. Because, you know, when you leave or end the relationship, almost everyone um, wants, like it's hard to break that trauma bond. It's hard, hard to break away. So we all want to go back. And it's important to remember to be committed to yourself and to remember you've already given him too many chances already, right? (laughs) Like chance after chance after chance. So being completely committed to the life you want, the relationship you want so much that you're not willing to settle for anything less ever. And being committed to that version of you that you want to be. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's kind of what I had to do. Like I had to be completely committed no matter how many steps backward I would take. Instead of giving up, I had to stick to that commitment I had made to myself of I am going to heal this. I am going to stop participating in this. I am going to break this trauma bond. Um, So yeah, commitment. That's one of the, you know, the first thing is just really being committed to you. And then committing to a coach or a therapist, committing to spending the money to heal because healing is priceless because you get your life back, right? And you get the love that you always wanted. And we all need help healing from abuse. Like I couldn't have done it on my own. I don't know anyone who's really done it on their own fully so just committing to yourself on every level to heal the codependent patterns, the beliefs, the programming, the behaviors, the habits. Um, and the journey is not for the faint of heart. You will need to pick commitment over convenience to break the system you're in. And so I just encourage everyone to write down, I am committed to me over convenience to keep things the same
0: okay let me write it down I am committed
1: to me over convenience over convenience to stay the same to stay the
0: same amazing thank you yes yeah I am committed to me
1: yeah because it's convenient to not be committed right it's convenient to do all the old things that we've done because they're easier and so it's not easy to make the shift so we have to commit and we have to pick you can't have convenience and commitment you have to pick are you going to be committed or are you going to stay convenient and keep doing what you've been doing that's amazing
0: and it's true you know i'm i'm very much connected to the moon every time i see it I recommit to myself, to the promise I made. Yes. And every time I see it, it's like, I know I promised and I'm doing it. That's
1: beautiful. And that
0: is a commitment that you do over and over again.
1: Yes. And I had to recommit to myself every day because I was living with my abuser And every day he was trying to stay in the same pattern. I mean, he fought me very, very hard um, to not step out of the pattern, right? Because he wanted control and he wanted to manipulate me and he wanted things to stay the same. And so every day I had to recommit to myself. I am not staying in this pattern anymore. I'm not doing this anymore. And so you might have to commit every day or you might have to commit, every time you see the full moon, right? Like that's beautiful what you said. So find what works for you, but write down committed over convenient and put it somewhere handy so that you remind yourself how important you are.
0: Amazing. I think that shall go on a mug and every day when you take your coffee or your tea or your chocolate, (laughs) you look at that and you really think, okay, Tracy, you're right. I am committed to me over convenience to stay the same. I think that's an amazing uh, affirmation to put on a mug or or something that you touch every single day.
1: Yeah, definitely. Good idea. I need to, buy, I need to do one of those. <laughs> yeah, 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 you can
0: do that. <laughs> what is the second fundamental quality to survive through toxic love?
1: The second quality is focus. So focus on you and your self-care. And what I mean by that is focus on you and your healing. And it will probably be the first time you've ever actually focused on yourself right because we're always focused on the other person we're focused on trying to get love and all of that stuff so focusing on you your healing so that um you know you're focused on it like what we focus on expands So that means, you know, it gets bigger. So the more we focus on ourselves, you know, the better we can be. So what that means is making time to meditate, journaling, affirmations, visualizing, getting help, having fun. So hopefully you remember what that is, right? Having fun, because sometimes when we're in a toxic relationship, we've forgotten how to have fun. Um. Give yourself time to grieve because you are going to grieve over the loss of the relationship and the loss of the dream of the relationship. And I think I really struggled with that because we built a home together, we built a business together. And, you know, like there was this dream of how our life was supposed to be, and our life didn't go that way. And so, you know, that was a huge loss, like, you know, what I'm saying. And so losing the relationship you thought you were going to have is tremendous so allow yourself time to grieve and go through the grief process right um make sure you exercise eat healthy notice your feelings when you feel sad let yourself feel the sadness for a few minutes don't like go down in a tunnel and be like so depressed but you you are going to be sad you're going to be happy you're going to have all kinds of different feelings so allow yourself to have your feelings um Stay hydrated, go out for ice cream, ride a bike, read a book that's for fun. Don't just read a book to learn something, you know, like we wanna read books for self-help and growth, but also read something for fun that is just fills you up. Um, Listen to music that you love, celebrate your small wins no matter how small and then volunteer volunteering helps us think about someone other than us and all the stuff we have going on, right? So what I suggest is listing three things you're grateful for every day when you wake up. And that's can be very small like the sun is shining, I woke up. Um, I went to work. <laughs> you know whatever you know anything you're grateful for it doesn't have to be big huge things, but write that down. Um, Write down three things you accomplished every day at the end of the day. Um, I went to work, I did the laundry, um, I got the car fixed. You know, these things all seem very, very simplistic, but doing all of them or even just some of them will keep you focused on you. And that's what you need to do because in the past we've been focused on him. And even after we leave, a lot of times we're still focused on him, right? What's he doing? Why is he doing it? You know why is he still contacting me or whatever? And but as we focus on him, we're taking away from us. And so it's really important to focus on you and what you want and the things you can do to get what you want. And focusing on you will shift your life. And when I say focus on yourself, a lot of people are like, Oh, that's just so selfish, but it's not in a selfish way, it's in a healthy way, right? And it's in a way of um I come first because I have to be filled up. I can't give unless I'm full. So I encourage you to make time and space for you to rediscover you and write down the things I listed or maybe something else you can think of that you're going to start doing for self-care today and commit to them no matter how inconvenient they are.
0: Regarding being selfish, I heard Oprah Winfrey one time in one of her multiple recordings. And uh, it really struck me. She said, can we all agree that we are children of God? Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Majority of the people agree. Yes. Okay. Can we all agree that God is at at the highest place? He's a creator, he, she, it, it is a creator. Yeah, we can all agree about that. Majority of the people, of course. And then she said, Well, and can we all agree that God is at the deepest of your heart as well as at the biggest universal place? Yeah, we can all agree on that one too. Very good. So, as you put God first and God is within you, you put yourself first because you put God first. Is right. it selfish or oh, no? It is completely humbly serving God to serve yes. you first. And from your place of being comfortable, peaceful, harmonious, loved, you can extend your angelic help, helping hand yes. to another. And something of that nature that totally revealed to me that dichotomy, don't be selfish, think about others, Oh, yes, do be selfish, but not selfish mm-hmm. in a hard way. Do self care and then take care of me.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's really, it is so important, especially after being in an abusive, toxic relationship. We have not, we've given everything, right, to make that person happy, to keep them from being upset with us or giving us the silent treatment or, you know, whatever they're doing. Um, we've given 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 and so now we need to replenish and we need to remember to always say replenish no matter what kind of relationship we're having whether it's with family friends spouse boyfriend you know boss whatever like we need to always remember to replenish ourselves first and then we have so much to give right we don't really have a lot to give when we're empty so it's really important yes it's it's equally important to the commitment.
0: That's fantastic. Thank you very much. What is the third fundamental quality to survive through toxic love?
1: Boundaries. Oh yeah. So what? having boundaries. <laughs> and I know- <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. When you first leave, like you usually don't have boundaries, right? You're so used to, you know, for me, my mom was very controlling. And I didn't have boundaries because it wasn't safe to have them, right? Um, And so we have to learn to have boundaries. So one of the first things we can do is block the person you've left everywhere. Social media, texting, messaging, emails, block his friends, block mutual friends, because he'll use those people to get to you. Block his family, even if you're close to them. Those feel like really hard things. But your job to protect your peace and so locking them will give you the peace and space you need to heal and you have to create it for yourself because he isn't going to give it to you no one's going to give it to you you have to give it to you right and if you have kids together get a family app the courts suggest one like different courts suggest different ones but everything he types in there is recorded and so you'll always have proof with lawyers or judges or whatever um, of what he says and does. And then that's another way to protect yourself. So, you know, our goal with boundaries is to protect ourselves and create peace. So be sure to say no to things you don't want to do and say yes to the things you do want to do. And I know that's hard because we want to please everybody. I was a people pleaser for sure. (laughs) And I'm sure a lot of you are. Um, but remember, it's so, so important to say no and yes to the things you really want to do, no matter how the other person reacts and their reaction is their responsibility, not yours. And we get that mixed up when we're codependent because we learned that codependency in childhood, right? And it's important to remember that a person who loves you won't be upset with you. Like if they actually really love you and you say, no, I don't want to do something. They're going to be okay with that because they love you and accept you for who you are and they don't have a need to control or manipulate you. So it's important to get to know what you want to do and don't want to do and make that decision, make that decision for yourself. Don't go with the flow in any way that will violate you or your needs. And it's important to really remember this. It took me a while to get this, but boundaries are an act of love for you and the people you're in relationship with. So they help us love one another and to um, get love from the other side, right? Boundaries are so important just to be able to have a healthy relationship. And it's actually very unloving to let the other person abuse us, not only for us, but for them. You know, it's not loving for them to even do that, right? They don't love themselves when they're abusing us. So it's really, really important to set those boundaries. And as we set boundaries, we train people how to treat us and what we're willing to put up with, what we're not willing to put up with. And so it's really, really important. I can't say enough that boundaries are so important and you set boundaries with yourself first you know what they are and you do them with others, but you don't do them from a place of, is it okay if I have this boundary? You do it from a place of, this is my boundary and I don't really care how you react. And so that's kind of one of the, you know, it's the third thing in my list, because if we're committed to ourselves and we're focused on ourselves, we're clear about what we want and we come from a full place. And not a needy place of, I need you to be okay with my boundaries, right? Because that's how I used to be. I'd be like, "Um, you need to stop yelling at me. That really makes me feel bad. And he didn't care, right? And instead of walking away and saying, I don't really, I'm not going to listen to you yell at me anymore, right? So life shifts when we start knowing who we are, we're committed to ourselves, we're focused, and we, Um, are unwilling to tolerate abusive behavior on any level, right? Because I, as I lived with him while I was building my boundaries, my boundaries got stronger, but my tolerance of what I was willing to tolerate from him got less and less and less to where like every little violation bothered me. So it's really like, that's okay because we need to know what we want. Because if we don't know what we want, we can't get what we want. So I want you to think of two or three boundaries that you would like to set and maybe two or three people you need to set boundaries with because sometimes we still need to set them with our kids, our family, and our friends too. So yeah, that's boundaries. That's boundaries. It's an essential Mm
0: -hmm. point and it's true that I, I just thought one second before you said it you have to train people to respect your boundaries because you do respect them yourself. And you show the example, Mm -hmm. you lead by example with those boundaries. Yes, You lead by example, you respect yourself, you care for yourself, you focus on yourself, you commit to yourself. Mm -hmm. And because you do that indeed, you are able now to create boundaries because you train the other how to treat you. As an example, if you said, no, as of 10 p.m., we do not talk about problems anymore. I want to go to sleep peacefully, thinking about the good things so that I can manifest a good thing. So if you want to yell and to create an entire trauma breakdown or whatever, very good. You do that throughout the day and preferably with other
1: people because I'm done with that. Yes. (laughs) yes yeah, it's so important to set that boundary of i'm not available for you to abuse me anymore <laughs> and very because, clearly so
0: if you see that yeah. the other person starts like yeah it's, it's 10 6. okay oh, yeah, i wanted to tell you tracy what did i tell you i'm not available let's talk yep. tomorrow Yes, it's so important i know
1: and tomorrow too so let's talk tomorrow yeah exactly yep yeah. it's important to really be firm and solid in your boundaries right and not let the other person talk you into violating your own boundaries. Because I know I did it all the time. <laughs> and I had great boundaries with everyone, except my husband, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, those yeah. those free <laughs> paths are not good because we are the first one violating them.
1: Yes, right. We are violating ourselves first, and then we give them permission to do it generally subconsciously but we still do it all right what is the fourth fundamental quality to survive through toxic love well the fourth quality is to have values okay so in order to have boundaries you have to know your values right so um and so it's important to know your values so you can have the behaviors around like what do I want to say? um making just having those values helps you know what de- behaviors you're willing to tolerate and the ones you're not. And so it's really, really important. And when I'm talking about values like I'm talking about, I'm not willing to tolerate disrespect. I'm not willing to tolerate cheating. I'm not willing to tolerate lying, manipulation, gaslighting, hitting, anger, name calling, raging, silent treatment, not working, borrowing money that you never pay back. Um, Just saying, you know, making that list of I am not willing to tolerate all these things because we've been tolerating a lot of those things, right? And then um, write down what you are willing to tolerate. You're willing to tolerate love and kindness, honesty, respect, um, discussing problems with calmness and willingness to find a solution, um, faithfulness. He has a job. He takes care of his responsibilities. He treats others well. Um, and that's not, you know, full lists by any means. But those are just some of the things that I found I wasn't doing like. I was being lied to, I knew deep down I was being lied to, but I, but he was such a great liar, just pathological that I just, I believed him because I had no physical proof, right? But deep inside, I knew. So just having our values of what we are willing and not willing to tolerate. And even when we don't have physical proof, trusting ourselves, right? Trusting those values that we set because those are what we want. And then when anyone violates your values, you'll know they're not for you and you can say no. And you'll see red flags when you define your values and stick to them. So um, values are what guides our relationship, it guides our life. And a lot of times we haven't spent any time thinking about them, right? We kind of know we don't wanna be with someone who disrespects us or cheats or lies but we haven't really defined what we do want. And so when we don't focus what we do, when we don't know what we do want, we focus on what we don't want. And as we focus on what we don't want, we get more of what we don't want, right? Because that's, that's how the laws of the universe work. And when we focus on what we do want, well, then we get the love and the kindness and the honesty, maybe not from that partner, but from a different partner, different people. Um, So I'd love for you to jot down two or three values that are deal breakers for you right now. So you don't forget to do this. This is essential. Thank you. Yeah. Essential. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. It
1: is essential that you know what you're, because without that, you don't have a guiding light for what your relationship is supposed to be like. Exactly. And also we have to clean up our side of the street because sometimes we're lying to ourselves. We're um, cheating ourselves or manipulating. You know what I'm saying? We might not even be doing it to people outside of us. We might be doing it to ourselves. So noticing what ways we're making little white lies to try to keep that person from being angry with us, right? (laughs) You know what the answer to that? Will he
0: be angry today? Yeah, likely. For whatever reason, yeah, likely. So what is the problem with him getting angry? Well, he's so scary, yeah. Okay, but he's still angry already with you or with something, yeah. Okay, so basically you can come over do what you please and everything he will be angry anyway so just yep. enjoy <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> that's the whole thing yes because it doesn't matter if you do a b or c because he's going to be mad no matter what you pick right because you know i know i'd be like oh wait if i do this he won't be angry but he'd be angry so then i do the complete opposite the next day what happened he was still angry right so yeah it's very true they're, they're If you're with someone who's toxic, abusive, or narcissistic, they are going to be angry no matter what you do. So you might as well just do it because there's no, it's never enough for them. You can never fill the void inside of them to make them happy because it can't come from you. It has to come from them. And just like you can't fill them up, no one else can fill you up. So you have to fill you up with commitment, focus, boundaries, and values. Truly an amazing
0: conversation, <laughs> so much value in there, actionable steps that people can implement today, and of course, reaching out to you, your website, and your the name of your company is truly amazing, like, Fiercely Empowered, yes, Gracie May, okay, yes. you got it, always that you can find her, like, already now, it's already done, by the way, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I called my company, company Fiercely Empowered because that's how I want everyone to feel. I want them to feel that way in their life, about themselves in their relationships. So yeah, that's where I came up with that name, just Fiercely Empowered, because that's how I want everyone to feel. And that's how I feel when I'm loving myself and taking care of myself. I, you know, I'm fiercely empowered. Nothing can stop me.
0: Exactly. Unstoppable. We're going to put
1: like Unstoppable. I'm unstoppable. <laughs> <laughs> I also had a bonus fifth value that I'm not sure it's a value per se, but the one thing we need to make sure we're doing is getting support because we are the product of the five people we hang out with the most. And so we need to choose wisely who we have around us. So it's much better to have two or three healthy friends or family than 10 unhealthy family and friends. And then and when it comes to support, asking for help, because healing, as I said before, from toxic relationships can't be done on your own. And that's mainly because you're dealing with a trauma bond, trauma bind, trauma blindness, blindness sorry, <laughs> um, cognitive dissonance, abuse amnesia, and just trauma. And so all of those things keep you stuck repeating toxic relationships and keep you stuck repeating patterns in your toxic relationships. So also find a coach or a therapist that's well-versed in abusive or narcissistic relationships. And of course, I'd love to help you, but get support even if it isn't me, because I want you to heal. I want you to step out of the fog and the dysfunction. So yeah, I I hope those were um, helpful to everyone. I hope everyone implements them and starts their journey of healing. That is beautiful.
0: Truly, this question of values, I think it was about one month after I left domestic violence in 2013. My, uh, at that time, just friend, who is now my beloved third, and dream husband, Sasha. So, <laughs> at that time, friend or brother uh Actually, one of the first things he did, one of the first things he did was to um, connect me with a school teacher that he had at a high level university who was working about getting and finding your values. And he did that through a lot of questioning, asking you to come up with three, four, five, memories of experienced where you really became uh, emotional where you really that really touched you either good or bad one way or another and what he did was asking why 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 to go to the deepest and deepest why did you react that way what 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 ring in you what what and really really going to the bottom of it and when we did that, we found that my three core values out of at least 15 that came up was, and still is, love, respect, trust. And I added yeah. reliability, which is so essential. And yes. then we started to add integrity, truth, honesty and other things to, to, to go with the package. But the three first yes. are more uh, more. Uh, love, respect, trust yes which are completely essential
1: yes and i would say for me the my core um, values are safety love and freedom Mm -hmm. and then trust and respect Mm -hmm. Um, but those you know for me safety is a big thing obviously love um, and freedom free to freedom to be myself freedom to say what i think freedom to just not have to live in fear of someone's reaction to who I am, because I just want to be me. (laughs) That
0: works wonderfully. Tracy, it is such an honor, a pleasure to record with you, to, to let people know about you, to spread the word fiercely empowered Tracy May. It's Pretty easy, Tracy T R A C Y. This is that version of the spelling, you know. Yes. That there are so many, more. and May yeah. M A Y. So, the fifth like month, month of the year yes. is Tracy.
1: All right, <laughs> yeah. You my got great grandmother used to always spell my name with an E forever, <laughs> okay. but it was all right. But I'm like, yeah, that's not my name, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's already. May, like the month of May, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's pretty simple. So, and I would, I just encourage you to never, ever put up with abuse again, know your values, keep your boundaries, um, stay in self-care, be committed to your values, your boundaries, your self-care and having a healthy relationship, no matter well, what else anyone says or does. And I know if you do this, you'll see the red flags and be able to hold out for a relationship where you are loved and cherished because you deserve that. Definitely. yeah. Thank you, Tracy. And I look forward to talking with you again very soon. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for having this podcast and bringing awareness to the abuse that is silent, that we never speak about. Thank you so much. Absolutely. It's (laughs) my mission. Thank Thank you. you.